This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Good evening, my friends. It is the weekend, and thank goodness it's official. November has arrived. Much better. Much better. Not so spooky. Oh, October. Disaster. Little uh, hope at the end of the month. It is a four-letter word. It is not about hope, my friends. It's about discipline. It's about quality. Uh, it's about good advice. And that's what the show uh, is here to provide. Uh, this is a money workshop for Jack and I. I learn as I share with you uh, my learnings. Uh, very, very smart gentleman uh, joining us. Good friend of mine. Uh, a former television fan, I shall say. It's just been an absolute uh, privilege to meet Vitaly Mazanov. Uh, he is co-lead fundamental equity research guy and god uh for td asset management uh he's also a u of t grad uh local just like myself uh vitaly uh my friend thank you very much for spending uh your saturday evening with jack and i thank you for having me on couldn't find a better spot nice uh well you're a very smart young man i have a lot of respect for you you uh you know a lot, um, and you're so young, and it's just great. Jack and I, uh, you know, we barbell our guests. We have some young up-and-comers, and you're not an up-and-comer. You are there, uh, but you're young. And then we get some, you know, legends uh, of Bay Street on this show, uh, the likes of Sandy McIntyre and Don Velo uh, and J.J. Johnson, you know, guys who have four and five decades of experience under their belt. I'm right in the middle Um and if you buttress uh, my knowledge with Jack's knowledge, well, I guess we're leaning towards the older end of things. But individually, we're sort of right in the middle. And it's uh, a delight to, to spend some time with you. Uh, I'll share with you um, my views of the market. Uh, and then I, I really want to pick your brain to find out where you're at with uh, your thinking to see where we are aligned and where uh, I can certainly improve what I'm doing. And uh, last week, I got some great ideas from this show, which led me into the bond market. Uh, this week, uh, for my growth mandate, uh, Vitaly, uh, for the first time, good golly, probably in 15 years, um, uh, GICs have become a $700 billion asset class in the last couple of years as interest rates rose. And a lot of investors have gravitated towards uh, the comfort of earning 5% risk-free is not a bad take. We haven't seen that number in about 20 years. Um, that said, you know, in, in, in looking at the bond market, it, in its two-year run-up of interest rates, has undone 23 years of interest rate declines. In other words, it sort of moved halfway back up the curve in a very short order. And if you understand bonds, and I don't, most people don't understand bonds, but, but bonds are incredible instruments. And you can, at times, generate equity-like returns trading bonds, and I would say with a lot less risk. And I think we're at that point right here, right now. My fear, Vitaly, and this is where I'm going to throw it over to you, my fear is I'm seeing a lot of headlines that people are gravitating towards bonds. And I don't know anyone buying bonds. I know people buying GICs. And GICs are debt instruments, but they are not bonds. You cannot trade them. And when interest rates rise, they do fall in value, and you don't see that. 
Uh, whereas bonds trade, they're the most liquid instrument on the board, government bonds, U.S. Treasuries are the safest, most liquid instrument on the board. I say safe in that the, the likelihood of them defaulting on your interest payment is virtually zero. Uh, I, so, Vitelli, the bond trade, is it already mainstream? Uh, you know, tell me something I don't know, or is there an opportunity, in your opinion, uh, to take some growth equity and pivot it into the bond market? Well, you know, I'm bullish on equities, so I'm not going to uh, go out here and say that growth equities are not in a good spot. We can get into that later. But what I would say about GICs is I, I also do not have a favorable impression of that pocket of the market. It has drawn hundreds of billions of dollars of Canadians' money, and the rates have become very attractive. But... Those are uh, temporary solutions. And if bonds respond to what's developing in the economy the way that they have historically responded, then it is going to be, as you said, a very attractive place to be, giving you returns that are nothing is risk-free. But if you do your work on the bonds you're buying, can have very high appeal. And your question where that trade is, um, you you and your listeners have seen what the bond market has done the last week. It's very early. There's still a very strong debate. We've kept going up and up and up in yields and bonds have kept going down and down and down. We've seen two consecutive, soon to be maybe three consecutive years of declines in that asset class. Folks have lost belief that bonds are the safe instrument that they used to be. And as you know, when the market loses belief in something if you do your work, it can be a tremendous opportunity. Uh, again, uh, the hallmark portfolio uh, for all investors can be what's called the 60-40 portfolio. It seems to, one, to be a one-size-fits-all portfolio. Uh, if you don't know how much stock or bonds and cash to hold in a portfolio, you can default to a 60-40 portfolio, 60% in stocks. 40% in bonds. Very few people have 40% in bonds, so much so that they called the death of the 60-40 portfolio last year. <laughs> you recall, I think it was 1982 headline, I think it was Business Week, the death of equities. That front page headline marked the beginning of the most historic bull market in equities in history. So when they say the 60-40 portfolio is dead, I have to look the other way and say perhaps it has an opportunity. I think at this point in time, the 60-40 portfolio is about to begin a new cycle up. What do you think of that, Vitaly? Yeah, I think maybe you can use the word renaissance. I recall a few months ago you were in Southern Europe. So I, I think bonds can, <laughs> bonds can have a bit of a renaissance or maybe a, a renaissance lasted over 100 years. I don't think it'll be quite that, but it'll, it could be a decent period of time where we have that. And look, it, it, you said it perfectly that the 60-40 portfolio, again, there's no belief left. There's complete disbelief. And um, you know, frankly, all you hear these days is higher for longer. Uh, everyone believes that bonds mm. are dead and rates are going to be uh, as high as they've been this year for a long, long time. So there is consensus, and when there's consensus, there's opportunities for investors. Very brilliant. Uh, the, the the mathematics in bonds uh, <laughs> is not exciting and is a bit painstaking uh, as you learn through it. Um, but I will summarize the bond mathematics to people. 
If you buy a government of Canada 30-year bond today, or excuse me, let's do the U.S. bond. I prefer them because they pay uh, 25% more in interest or 4% in Canada, 5% in America. I'll take the 5% in America. Uh, so if you buy a U.S. 30-year government of bond today uh, and they lower interest rates at some point by 1%, taking interest rates from 5 down to 4, that bond can move 8 percent. Uh, I want to ask you about the yield curve. And, and Jack, you, you, you're a good student of it as well. Um, in a normal life or the new normal economy, and I'm going to ask each of you the question separately, Jack and um, Vitaly, in a normal environment, and at some point we will normalize, inflation will be contained and stabilized, at which point interest rates should normalize. And you're seeing the U.S. yield curve normalize where two-year, excuse I think it's five-year yield, 10, 20, 30, are all basically the same level. At some point, the, 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 the short end comes down or the long end comes up. I want to ask you, Vitaly, where do you think interest rates should be in the new normal? Uh, we'll call it two-year interest rates, 10-year interest rates, and 30-year interest rates. Where should they be? And I'll throw it to you, Jack. Well, if you're asking a uh, equities guy for interest rates, but a student of the markets as well, so I'm obliged to answer. And in fact, there have been some good studies done looking at interest rates, not over 10, 20, 30, or even 100 years, but over centuries and millennia. And believe it or not, and I know you guys both know this, the number we arrive at when you look back that far, and really the last thousand years or so, and especially as you derive in these institutions of money management and belief in financial institutions by well-organized societies are formed, 3% has been the magic number in a lot of places. And why 3%? Hmm. I, I think you actually want to go down to your gut feeling on that one. When you're out there and you think the cost of borrowing is 5 or 6% for, for, for a business, for, for a country, it, it sounds a little tough, right? It's tough to get the wheels of the economy lubricated and moving. And when you get into the zero, the one, and the two, we've seen what happens then. There's speculation. There's speculation. There's buying. There's asset bubbles. 3% is a number that's been tried and tested by history. History rhymes. It doesn't always repeat, but we'll see. Uh, 3% uh, for what term of borrowing, uh, Vitaly? Well, let's throw that on a long-term uh, basis. So we, we anchor to the 10-year as sort of the risk-free rate on a medium to long-term borrowing horizon. So... Let's throw that out there for to hypothesize. So, for ten, if, so if, if three hits the 10-year, where do you think the 30-year bond should be? Oh, gosh. Well, we'll be higher than that. And the question is how much, but that I'm going to look over to Jack to give you a more scientific answer. He's got the calculator out, actually. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the bond calculator. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, I, I, I will, go I will, ahead, Jack. What number are you coming up with? I will say that there are some concerns right now that the U.S. government cannot afford to pay their debt at a sustainable level if interest rates remain uh, in and around these levels. Um, in terms of long-term, Wolf, I'm going to have to go back to target rates for central banks. So the U.S. wants to get down to 2% for uh, inflation, right? So I'm going to say, based off of that, if they achieve their target goal, which I believe that they will over time, don't fight the Fed is a, uh, something that is mantra in, uh, in financial markets, and I would not bet against it. So I'm going to say they achieve their target of 2%. Uh, five years should be in and around maybe 25 to 3 when you go to the 30, it should be in and around these levels, Wolf. Call it 5%. 
Uh, Vitaly Mazanov is spending time with us. Um, he is such a legend to become. A uh, good friend of mine. He's the Toronto boy, U of T grad. Uh, just doing an amazing job over at TD Asset Management. Uh, he's co-lead uh, in uh, re-equity research. Um, he also used to pay attention to the telecom stocks. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to speak telecoms with uh, Vitaly. Give him a little time to prepare both sides of the border. Um, and uh, shows Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday. Jack and I bring it to you right here on 640 in Toronto. It's a show about money. It's a money workshop. We want everyone to have more wealth. When you have more wealth, well, it's hopefully have a bigger smile and you can help those who can use some help. And as the world gets colder and as uh, homelessness remains, I always encourage people to, uh, you know, something, try to reduce pain in society rather than bringing joy when it comes to philanthropic work. Um, I want you to ponder that. Quick break. Get right back to the show. Stay tuned. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. about money jack and i we put our heart into our business my friends oh we do it's all about making our clients money and uh hearts get dragged around every now and then markets do that to you they can really bring you down um uh, we are human uh as professional and experienced as we are at uh you know we have the same human emotions that we have to fight uh fortunately uh i have friends <laughs> and i <laughs> I can call my friends uh, when I get down. And it's usually at turning points. It's like, it, it, it's like a swift watch. When I pick up the phone because of the pain uh, and call a friend, um, the market turns. It, it, it's remarkable how contrarian my emotions can be. Uh, so stop dragging my heart around. But uh, it's all part of the business. You know, over time, cash is trash. Bonds, GICs, you can make yourself 4 or 5% relatively risk-free, uh, and stocks, well, you can make about 10% with a lot more risk. And that's just the way she goes. Um, but if you're in it for the long haul, if you're in it for the long haul, no different than a casino that's in it for the long haul, you buy stocks, probabilities are in your favor. So much so that the worst stock return over a 30-year rolling period is negative, excuse me, the worst return over a 30-year period, any 30-year period in history, is plus 5%. The worst return is plus 5 Pretty remarkable. Uh, if you want more information on that, uh, reach out to Jack and I, WolfgangKlein.com, WolfgangBaseRate.com. We can share the numbers with you. Uh, but i got an amazing guest with us, uh, Vitaly Mazanov, um, Mazeltov, Mazanov. Um, you know, Mazeltov means it means congratulations, right? Greetings. It's a beautiful word. <laughs> um, he is the co-lead equity research uh, god at uh, TD Asset Management. Uh, very, very smart market guy and uh, just broad-reaching brain. Uh, 
focusing very much on equities, but of course, when you focus on stocks, you have to also pay attention to a lot of other things. Uh, and one thing, friends, I'm going to try to try not to focus on is geopolitical media. If you watch geopolitical media, it will wreak havoc with your financial well-being. Here we are in the middle of a second conflict, two conflicts running, and well, the market has a bid under it. Uh, and yeah, the market gave back a little ground in October, but that was seasonal, and that was picking up on August and September's downward momentum. But when I see conflict, I, I immediately turn to the market and say, how bad is it going to be? And uh, again, I say, the, it, what the market's telling me is it will be contained. Um, of course, human lives and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and honestly, just uh, a lot of non-peace um, and non-love activity is not what it's all about. You know, uh, peace and communication uh, hopefully uh, brings an end to all of our conflicts. Um, but here we are focusing on trying to make some money. And the month of November has been off to a decent start. Vitaly, um, let's talk about telecom stocks. Because uh, I, I see the market perhaps pivoting um, because of what's taking place on the bond market. I see stocks making a change because of the bond market. And what I'm sensing is the, we call it's called the duration risk. Uh, anything that's really sensitive to interest rates, uh, when interest rates stop going up, uh, can snap the other way to the upside uh, quite aggressively. Uh, telecom stocks specifically, uh, Vitaly, I used to cover the space, uh, but I've been eye- eyeballing uh, the U.S. telecoms, ours as well, uh, the likes of Bell and uh, uh, Rogers and AT&T. But the ones that really have my attention because they're so silly cheap is AT&T and Verizon. Uh, AT&T and Verizon, two U.S. telecom stocks, uh, each company has in excess, pay attention, of 100 million paying monthly customers. 100 million customers each company has. Uh, each company generates, keep the math uh, linear, about $5 per share. Uh, each company pays out about $2 a share. So therefore, each company uh, has so much cash, it, it, it pays out almost less than half in a dividend and retains the other half uh, for uh, capital build-out uh, and, I guess, uh, dealing with uh, some lead <laughs> and perhaps uh, uh, dealing with uh, replacing telephone poles or putting the stuff underground. But long and the short, they're cheap stocks trading at around seven, six times earnings. Call it 700 times earnings with an earnings yield of about 15%, which is three times that of a GIC. And the dividend is 50% greater than a GIC. Um, and they have been just left for dead trading at near 20 year lows. Uh, Bell Canada, I think, is trading at about a 10 or 12 year low. Are they going to turn, uh, Vitaly? Do you see them turning right here, right now? Wolf, I, I never know what's happening right here, right now. <laughs> it's that kind of prognosticator. But let me tell you about telcos. It is a near and dear sector to my heart. I mean, the first thing you have to know, your listeners have to know is, what are you getting? Well, you're getting something that's based on population growth, hundreds of millions of users in the US. So population growth, less than 1%. And then how much more can you charge those users every year? So you know, as a starting point, these aren't growth businesses. These are bond-like businesses, but it also makes them very stable. No one's going to cancel their cell phone subscription no matter how bad things get. So you're right. Bonds went up. Everyone looked at their dividend yield on Bell, which used to be five. 
But now bonds, risk-free GICs give you five. So what do you do? You sell your bell, you buy GICs. So these telecom stocks really have been taken out to the cleaners. They're down in the dumps. And it doesn't help that being stable businesses, they've got a lot of debt on that balance sheet, right? They've borrowed because they know they can pay back the debt. But the interest costs are going up now. So that's been a double whammy. Uh, I agree. I look at the I look at Canada telco stocks. When the rates turn, they're not going anywhere. The stocks will turn, but the Canadian competitive picture a touch more I'd say precarious here. We've got Quebecor potentially making a move in wireless after the Roger Shaw acquisition. So more regulatory threats and pressures I'd say, despite the higher population growth. But the U.S. indeed very attractive valuations. They're coming off a CapEx cycle, so they're spending less, which is always a good thing. And mm-hmm. that is an industry that's beginning to behave very rationally. So remember, there is a T-Mobile and a Sprint and an AT&T and a Verizon, four companies battling it out for market share, spending a lot on ads, Super Bowl and whatnot. That's not good for shareholders. Sprint is gone. It's just three companies. And what we're seeing, they're all beginning to raise price. They're not fighting for market share. Why fight over a pool of fixed people? You keep your one-third, I keep mine, they keep theirs. And they're raising prices on consumers. A very good formula for shareholder returns. And if bonds cooperate, these could be very good stocks. Thank you. Uh, Canadian Pipeline. Um, Pembina looks technically like it's uh, turning the corner to the upside. TransCanada Pipe and Bridge. Not so much. Same trade as the telecoms. Same. Lots of debt, um, oligopolies. They have, I'm not going to say pricing power per se, but they got less commodity exposure than a typical integrated oil would have. Um, uh, they are regulated utilities uh, uh, for the most part. Um, uh, and their dividends are extremely generous. Uh, again, seven, seven and a half, eight percent dividends. And then in Canada, uh, for a non-registered account, you get the dividend tax credit. Uh, so that that seven percent dividend is almost uh, call it a nine percent GIC equivalent. Um, do you think the pipes have hit bottom? I think it's it's exactly the same line of thinking as we have around the telcos. You've um, you described the income proposition, especially in a non-registered account, and think about the long-term return of the stock market. Well. 9-10%, you said earlier, I believe. I think that's correct. 9-10% comes with risk. And as I think about the risk profile of an Enbridge, of a TRAP, TransCanada, TC Pipelines, I think it's below that of the average company in the market. And that's because they've got these take-or-pay contracts on oil, on gas that they're moving. They get paid on a lot of their volumes, Fixed prices, no matter how much volume flows through, they've got good counterparties. Energy prices are generally higher. So what they're offering to you right now is uh, is a bit out of the ordinary. And again, it's that fear of higher rates. And will I always get 5% in my GIC? And if the answer is no, these are, these are good considerations for you. Okay, so right there, let's stop. Uh, thank you. you. You set me up beautifully, Vitaly. Uh, again, in doing my homework uh, and looking at history uh, and looking at where interest rates were in 1982 and where they were in 2021 and the downward trajectory they had, they went from peak 18% to zero, halfway back is 9%. Do you see rates 
Okay, peak tier agreed. Maybe even lower late next year. That's what the dot plot uh, Wall Street um, traders and and the likes are forecasting rate cuts next year. And I think many would agree with that. Uh, but do we, uh, Javed Mirza, our technician, uh, former excuse me, former technician, um, does think we still have another leg higher in rates? And one of my personal dear uh, confidants, who I call when I'm in a uh, woe. Uh, thinks the same thing. Another leg higher, maybe in two or three years, flirting with maybe 8% interest rates. What do you think, Vitaly? 8% interest rates in three, four years. Possible? Anything is possible, but uh, I strongly disagree. And the reason we're in this cycle of rate increases is because we had an inflation shock that central banks are trying to tame, make the cost of money higher, People should spend less. Inflation will come down and rates with it. And when I look at inflation, since it's peaked, I look at it in a lot of different ways, including month over month and quarter over quarter and trimming the outliers and seeing what's going on inside the headline number. I think inflation is well on its way to falling, to being tamed. I think already on a multi-month basis, it's tracking around, if not below 3%. So we can see that. Interest rates, increasing the cost of money has an effect on the population, on the consumer, the majority of the economy. It comes with a lag. We all know that. Whether it's a mortgage renewal or whether it's another financial instrument, we all see that lag effect and it is still filtering into the economy. So the job that they've set out to do, they're getting it done. And I think the latest economic data is showing uh, that, that inflation is falling, the economy is turning. It's not turning for the better. It's turning for the worst on margin. And what that means is rates just can't keep going higher, Wolf. That that would be unlikely. Vitaly Mazanov, TD Asset Management, spending time with us. I'm tickled pink uh, uh, to be able to uh, delve into his gray matter. Uh, there's a lot going on. It's, it's, it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. I hope it's uh, a benefit to you as well, my friends. Uh, the show is Hi-Fi Radio. Jack and I bring it to you each and every Saturday. It's a show about money. Uh, and, you know, it, it needn't be complicated, my good friends. Um, work, save, invest, repeat. Process, time, quality, um, commitment, uh, all these things, uh, do that. Do it with us. You will become wealthy. I promise you that. Um, but it takes time. Uh, hey, what else do we have? Uh, we got time. We're going to take a quick break, give some time to our sponsors, and get right back with uh, Vitaly Mazanov uh, from TD Asset Management. He's the co-lead head of research. Uh, we are fortunate to spend time with him. Uh, please stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. What would I do without your smart mouth? Drawing me in and you kicking me out. Such a well-received song and uh, beautiful versions of it. It just hits me in the heart. Uh, indeed, uh, Vitaly Mazanov is with us. And uh, yes, Vitaly, what would I do without your smart mouth? <laughs> You're a very smart man, Vitaly. I can't uh, thank you enough for spending time with us. I uh, hope you're having some fun. 
this is a great way to spend uh, some time with you, Wolf. It's a pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, indeed. Uh, Canadian banks, down on the map, uh, remarkable. Once again, another sector, dead. Uh, the Canadian market uh, has been, uh, sorry, a bag of hammers. Uh, U.S. market teeth to it uh, with their tech um, and innovation and uh, global um, mindset to business. Uh, we are hewers of wood and drawers of water. I learned that 40 years ago. Jack, you learned that in school. Uh, your economics teachers must have used that phrase. Um, Absolutely. Well, very cyclical economy that we have here in Canada, and the, the banks are part of that cycle. And, well, the banks are not doing so well. Uh, again, Vitaly, interest rates, if they peaked and start to come off a little bit, uh, will it help the Canadian banks? And will we see them uh, recover from their abysmal uh, performance in the last 10 years, I shall say? Well, you've seen, uh, I mean, Jack frankly said it. It's uh, what is a bank? It, it, uh, it's uh, the key participant uh, in an economy, the mediator of it. And uh, it makes it makes the wheels turn. And here in Canada, there's five very large ones that uh, that do absolutely that, which is a great market structure, by the way. And that's why banks have given you above market returns for so long. But a bank carries a lot of leverage. And when the economy is doing well, banks tend to do well. It's logical. And when the economy is slowing down, well, the banks do the inverse of that. Now, so the simple question is, where are we today? We're, we're not expanding anymore in Canada, are we? We've seen some GDP numbers. We've seen some economic data. It's spotty. It's hard to rely on these statistics Canada folks sometimes. I think the, the numbers aren't exactly correct. But the bottom line is we can see whatever city you're in, uh, Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, things are slowing. And it's not just the mortgages. The higher cost of money is having an impact and the banks are feeling it the other way as well, having to pay out the higher rates on the GICs, of course, as we talked about. So we're not out of the woods, but uh, it's been known. You know, the markets are forward-looking. It's been known for several quarters now that uh, these wheels of the Canadian economy are slowing, that the banks are having to provision to prepare for greater losses on their loan books. So this is all in the psyche of the investor already. You've seen the stocks then derate, right? We talk about finding good industries and good businesses, but then we can't forget we have to buy at the right point, or at least we try to, and that's where things are beaten up and the banks are there today, as you said, and then pay the right price. They might be beaten up, but the price might not be right still because your earnings have gone away and you've re-rated forever. But with the banks, um, they always come back. Um, if Canada, if the Canadian economy uh, keeps growing, our population keeps growing, so will the banks. And you look at the banks today, uh, sub 10 times earnings, some nine, some eight. Uh, for context, that would put you among the cheapest levels you've ever been able to buy the bank. So a cyclical company at a negative point in the cycle trading at uh, historically low valuations we know that what, what that formula typically means, no guarantees about the future, but um, you see where I'm, what I'm saying to you, Wolf. Yeah, Vitaly, that, that, that is my, my point. And as I open the show, I, I see change um, uh, taking place right here, right now. Interest rates near peak for this cycle. Um, perhaps there's another leg up, as some of my pundits uh, allude to. And Vitaly says, and, and Jack is probably in the same camp, maybe not. Uh, time will tell. But nonetheless, uh, the 
tech market has been the winning place uh, over the last two years. Uh, tech, once again, is getting into loftier valuations, and some of these downtrending names are just flirting with the bottom, I, I believe, and set, getting set to turn as the calendar um, moves forward into 2024. So you got to do your homework in advance. I mean, I just got my and friends at home, I'm very proud of this. You'll see a post on uh, the Wolf on Bay Street uh, Facebook uh, page. Uh, my George Brown um, uh, Certificate of Culinary Arts. I've been uh, recreationally going to George Brown on weekends, taking courses, and I now receive my, uh, not diploma, but my certificate in culinary arts. And the, and the most important thing I learned in food preparation is just that, the prep work. And the French call it mise en place. Mise en place means have everything in order. And so Jack and I, and you as well, Vitaly, I know that, we are always doing our work in advance of uh, so that when the opportunity presents itself, we don't need to think we know exactly what we are going to do. Uh, And the second point to it all that you, you alluded to, and I keep saying it over and over again, there is no crystal ball except, or I should say there is no crystal ball like the stock market write that down Jack. that's fresh that's fresh content there's no crystal ball <laughs> like the stock market it is true it is a forward-looking vehicle it's carl young it is the collective unconscious of all participants they're using their hard-earned money making wages on where things are going to be in the future um and so i go back to are should we i believe we should be making some wages right now of buying some of these beaten up high quality inexpensive businesses that will benefit if rates stabilize and come down. The question is, how do you fund the purchases? And I've been trimming tech. So at the opening comment that you made to me, oh, Wolfgang, you sold your Arista Networks. <laughs> I said, yes, we'll talk about that. Um, stock has been absolutely on fire. You helped me with that name too, by the way. So I owe you a lunch for, for that. Uh, we bought our own, but you gave us a thumbs up on the buy, Vitaly. So I go back to, what do you think? Sell some tech to buy some Divi? Uh, it's a tough question, Wolf, because I'm so predisposed to business quality, right? And I, I look at companies, we study businesses, we study industries. Just like you said, you've got to read the textbooks and you've got to meet the companies, see the assets, understand what they do. So if the opportunity comes, you're not opening up the textbook that you know exactly when. When you get the signal, you have to move because the markets move fast. So with tech... Have they outperformed? Yes. Are the valuations lofty? Yes. Does it make it a pool of money, therefore, using that formula to fund some of the, as you would put, great opportunities that you're seeing in the other parts of the market? Well, that that's not illogical to me. But do I still think that there's some big opportunities uh, in the technology sector? You bet I do. It is what it is, my good friends. It's Show Bob Money. Uh, I'm Wolfgang, portfolio manager. Jack Hartle, my partner, portfolio manager as well. A real benefit for our clients is they end up with two portfolio managers who are actively uh, managing their money for them. And by the way, we're very pleased uh, to announce again that we were voted the uh, number one portfolio management team at CG Wealth Management based purely on mathematics, risk and reward. Uh, I'm very, very proud of that work. Uh, you know, I give my heart as I indicated. It's all about you, my good friend. Quick break. Final hit coming up with a dear friend, Vitaly Mazanov, TD Asset Management, co-lead of equity research. Stay tuned. 
Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. Portfolio Manager with CG Wealth Management. Jack Hartle by my side, Portfolio Manager as well. We are here for you. We want you to have more money. Uh, spend some time with us, and we will help you along. It's not difficult. Uh, you got to do your part. We'll do our part. Your part, work, save, invest, repeat. Uh, our part, looking for risk-adjusted investments. Good risk-adjusted investments. Not too much risk, but you have to be rewarded. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And it's a very engaging uh, industry, very engaging uh, life uh, that Jack and I lead uh, with a lot of purpose. And our purpose is you. Uh, I can't stress that enough. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about getting a little whiteboard in my office and putting different sayings on it. And the first saying is make clients money. But it's all about making you money. Um, Vitaly Mazanov, he is spending some time with us this Saturday night, the entire show. Um, we're going to dedicate it to uh, Teddy, his son. That's right. Hi-Fi Radio is dedicated to Teddy Mazanov. Uh, isn't that nice? Um, let's talk about technology. Uh, it's, a, it's a sector that uh, Vitaly is very, very versed in. Shopify, uh, standout stock this week, uh, out with a big AI announcement uh, and some favorable earnings. Stock at a 20% day. Um, a Canadian tech darling, uh, certainly of this decade. Um, we don't have a lot of tech here in Canada. Uh, I think the tech that we do have trades at a bit of a premium. Uh, although there's two names that we did stumble across, uh, Vitaly, that Jack and I put uh, some of our Canadian dollars into, and that is uh, the uh, CGI, uh, Gib.A, the symbol, and the Constellation software. Uh, both seem to be very good compounding businesses that trade like normal businesses, a lot like tech stocks. Under the uh, radar for many people. A lot don't are know they under, about are these. Are they under the radar they're, as well? I thought they were, they were well-known Canadian names to Canadian portfolio managers. No, they're under the radar, Wolf, and oh. um, they're hiding in the textbooks. What, what, what do you think of those two companies, uh, the two I mentioned, uh, versus a Shopify, which is obviously on fire, but very volatile, very um, expensive uh, on, on, on multiple metrics? They're a bit of an apples to oranges comparison, so I'll compare them to a different fruit, and that, that's that's the market. I mean, you know, you take the whether it's the Canadian or the U.S. market, I look at Constellation, CGI, and two companies I've looked at for over a, a decade now, you have businesses that are able to reinvest the free cash flow that they make from doing what they do, CGI's, IT services, consulting, so on and so forth. Constellation is literally that, a constellation of many small software companies doing things, everything from managing gym memberships to golf tee times for courses. But both businesses make a lot of cash, and this is the key. They it reinvested. They plowed back into the business and they get a very nice return on it. You get some businesses that can't do that, but these guys can. And so uh, they, uh, they're executing. They executed pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, great, great companies. On Shopify, uh, completely different. We've got a growth company, a Canadian success story. We get those occasionally in technology. 
And they don't end well historically, <laughs> but this one's different so far. And the pandemic was, of course, just a windfall for them. They went from growing already a very, very high 50% to 110%. Of course, everybody's shopping online 24-7 with the extra money that you couldn't spend traveling. Post-pandemic recovery, back to the office, back to school, uh, profits there uh, fell, revenues fell. And you're in this tricky period now. Everyone's watching Shopify and saying, what's the new normal? How much time are you going to spend shopping online? And a business like that, how much profits can you make? Are you just going to be one of these high growth tech companies that never makes a dollar? Are you just all talk? And saw this week is the growth is 20%. That's a pretty good rate of growth uh, for uh, any business. I think uh, you and Jack would agree. And uh, margins, they're waking up. They're talking about making money, free cash flow margins. So for every dollar of revenue they came in, they're keeping almost 20 cents. That's what mature companies do. Uh, a year ago, they were losing 20 cents for every dollar of revenue, spending too much, sales and marketing, engineering, etc. So found religion with costs. We've seen other industries. Uh, when you find religion with costs, the market likes that. If you can keep growing 20%, well, then that's all the better. That's a rare formula. So I never, uh, you know, we've only had a couple of days here. So talked about discipline, needs to really digest that earnings call, talk to the company, update the financial models, you have to be disciplined, have to do your work. But first impressions, they're doing the right things. Um, well, what, what tech standards uh, are, are really catching your eye right now? You want to talk US or Canada, Wolf? Whatever stands out, I, 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 I want to put my passport aside. Uh, money goes where it's most welcome. Uh, and, and by the way, as, as investors, uh, most Canadians are probably 75% invested in Canada, which has been a lagging market. Yep. Jack and I have our clients 75% in the United States, uh, which is working. Uh, most Canadians are afraid to invest in the United States, yet that's where the greatest businesses on earth exist uh so i'm gonna you're probably you're naturally gonna talk us when you talk yeah it, well it's, it's the strongest economy on earth it's the, the most resilient and the most innovative and it, it gives you better long-term returns so i couldn't agree more and one area that uh i don't know if you have exposure there but it's the semiconductor equipment stocks the likes of applied materials KLA 10 core lamb research own it Oh yeah, so these I mean these businesses they're not going to be uh on you know the headline news here uh because they sell a boring equipment that lets you make chips but the world we're in I know you said we're not talking geopolitics at the moment it's a waste of our brain cells I agree but I think we'll both agree that we've got to watch the long-term trends the long-term trends are the United States and their sphere of influence needs to build and rebuild all of the high-tech manufacturing capacity that they had outsourced to Taiwan and other countries. To do all of that, there is just a handful of vendors that can make these tools. Nobody else can make them, and they won't for many, many years to come. And these companies trade at multiples that resemble that of the S&P 500. So wonderful businesses uh, those are. Uh, any other any other parts of the tech or landscape that you really like, Vitaly? Well, we talked about software and automation. And so I think software businesses with high margins that can offer an AI product on top of what they're doing and monetize it. Uh, now, I do caution, there's going to be a lot of businesses right now uh, that are making big promises that they won't deliver on. Because if you don't have an AI strategy, investors are selling your stocks. You're going to get management teams, if not lying, mm. embellishing the truth. 
So you need folks like you two and myself really getting to understand the business and figuring out is is this strategy real or are they just, you know, blowing smoke here? Uh, Vitaly Mazanov spent some time with us this Saturday, uh, co-lead of equity research uh, with TD Asset Management. Uh, Vitaly, cannot thank you enough for your time. It's been an absolute uh, treat. Um, and as always, you gave me some good ideas. Uh, I will continue to uh, delve deeper into them. Jack Hartle, uh, co-lead, shall I say, uh, Wolf on Bay Street, uh, portfolio manager and producer of the show. Friends at home, I want you to have a wonderful weekend. Please, any money questions, anything to do with money, never hesitate. You have a friend, WolfgangKlein.com. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week.